They called us deplorables. They shut down our country. They say our thoughts are disinformation. Our response, The Rob Carson Show. Oh, my friends, it is E-Day. It is the day that we have waited for a couple of years through countless abuses and usurpations, starting with a bunch of executive orders, uh, a withdrawal from Afghanistan that has upset the balance of power. It has also uh, destroyed a lot of lives, a lot of our military members, a lot of our veterans and Gold Star families. That's how this administration started. And we're in the middle of it two years. And where are we? Well, you've got a 40-year high inflation. We've got uh, interest rates going through the ceiling. It's, it's, uh, it's Jimmy Carter all over again. We have an open southern border. We have uh, 107,000 drug ODs last year, 70% of which were fentanyl. The president of the United States has said nothing about any of that at all. You've got the DHS actually tried to set up a disinformation bureau and has been working hand-in-hand with big social media and the mainstream media to shut down any discourse about anything that is against the narrative of the Democrat Party, including anything about COVID, anything about Hunter Biden's laptop, anything about Russia collusion. By the way, Hunter Biden's laptop proven true. Uh, Russia collusion with Donald Trump proven false. They even spent $40 million on it. The FBI spent $40 million of our money, and they knew at the very beginning of the investigation that it was fake. Uh, What else is going on in the country? Well, interest rates going through the ceiling right now. Many people cannot afford a a home, let alone be able to feed themselves. You've got people who find that Walmart is too expensive, so they have to shop at Dollar General Store. you got... uh, Oh, 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 CRT being caught in schools, thought about, forgot about that. CRT in schools, transgenderism, they got uh, hospitals, children's hospitals around the country actually doing hormone replacement treatment or, or, uh, or hormone puberty blockers and surgery on children, removal of healthy tissue from their bodies so they can become the opposite sex, which can't happen. I mean, what else can I say? We are on the handbasket to hell, and today we decide if we are going to step off. I voted already this morning, and I didn't have a very big weight. I voted at a uh, mid-American Nazarene college, and, uh, and I was the only person there. It's kind of interesting. Well, I live in Johnson County, Kansas, on the, uh, on the Kansas side of, uh, of Kansas City, and I tend to believe more in election integrity where I live because I know a lot of people in my neighborhood who will volunteer and are volunteering, and they are very, very uh, dedicated to the Democrat process. Not about just being Republican, but about the Democrat process. So we're going to see what happens. I did get a, uh, you know, I, I voted, got my paper ballot and everything, turned it in, the whole deal. And then I talked to my sister a few minutes ago, and this is the first uh, election that I've been uh, without my mom 
first election in my life that my mom hasn't been around. And uh, it didn't really uh, hit me until yesterday and today because I remember, and I miss more than anything, I miss calling my mom and just saying, hey, I just voted, and then hearing her take. Because even though she was a housewife, then she, uh, what else did she do? She, she was a hairdresser. She was a daycare operator. She uh, ran a hotel for a while. Uh, she was an amazing person, the most amazing person I've ever known. You never heard of her, but she was the most amazing person I know. And, and my sister told me this story. I didn't realize this. Because in the last few years of her life, she was really suffering physically. She had a stroke eight years before she died, and it really, really limited her physically. She could talk at everything, unlike John Fetterman. She could mentally uh, understand everything, unlike John Fetterman. But uh, she couldn't do what she did physically, and so it became uh, it just, it was a grind. It was, it was terrible. After 90 years old, it was just, it was terrible. But that said, in uh, 2018, my, my mom went in to vote. Uh, and, and this is funny. My, my sister was her caregiver the last couple of years of her life, and she did a, a brilliant job. And, and my mom got out of the hospital that day for uh, one of uh, a many uh, litany of uh, hospital visits that happened in the last few years of her life. Every other week the last year, she was in the hospital for something. And, and she said, uh, you know, as she got out of the hospital, she was very weak, she was very frail, and uh, they wheeled her out to the curb. And she got in the car, and my sister said, well, let's go home and she says, no, we're stopping by to vote. And my sister said that my mom, uh, still clad in her hospital gown, oddly enough, and a, and a coat over the top, uh, went in with assistance and voted because it was that important to her to vote in person. To vote in person. And it meant a lot to me because uh, my mom, when I was a kid, I never really understood um, necessarily how important it was to vote for her, but clearly it impacted me because I don't believe I've ever missed an election or a major election or midterm since I started voting. And uh, my mom used to say she voted uh, straight ticket Republican. And generally when you're a young person, you're like, straight ticket, you really need to look at the issues, you need to look at whatever. Yeah, I get that. But unfortunately, where we are right now, the Democrat Party is so long gone, bat guano crazy left, that I think that you either vote straight ticket Republican or straight jacket Democrat. I came up with that this morning, by the way. Straight ticket Republican or straight jacket Democrat. Because the things that I mentioned earlier, with regard to everything that the country is going through, every every uh, misgiving, every negative, everything they've done, every misstep, everything they've done, and I like to say that Joe Biden has the crap touch, everything that is gold that he touches turned to crap. But I've never seen us all impacted in such a fashion as we have been in the last couple of years, starting with uh, riots in 2020, uh, you had uh, the COVID, uh, uh, COVID dictators and COVID... Uh, uh, idiots, uh, you know, restricting our lives, shutting down our country, telling us we couldn't go to church. Guys, right now we're at the, we're the tail end of a period in our, our lives where the government said you couldn't go to church, you couldn't worship. The government said you couldn't open your business. The government kept your kid out of school. The government made your kid fall behind dramatically like the furthest since the mid-60s with regard to math and reading, and when it comes to kids who are of color, even worse. So when the founding fathers used the expression abuses and usurpations, 
with regard to the Declaration of Independence, I would venture to say the last couple of years in the United States of America, we have experienced abuses and usurpations that the Founding Fathers never would have even dreamed about. So I went and I voted straight ticket Republican today, not straight jacket Democrat. Couple of quick headlines before we dive into all of this. One in four Americans skipping Thanksgiving due to high food costs. Some opting for pizza instead of turkey. Yeah. One in four Americans, one in three Americans hosting a smaller Thanksgiving. Nearly 90% are cutting out at least one dish to save money. I'm doing the green bean casserole. You know, don't take it personally. Just not a big fan. Just not a big fan. Generation Z, Gen Z. They're not doing well. Uh, nearly 6 in 10 admit their Thanksgiving uh, guest list is much smaller this year. 53% of cooking fewer dishes. Gen Z say they're most likely uh, to uh, cut out uh, dishes or not celebrate altogether because, you know, they're, you know, they're kids. They're poor. They're poor, like I was. Yeah. Skyrocketing inflation causing major financial strains across all income groups. Uh, the Democrat Party has opted to focus on abortion transgender nonsense and CRT, among other things. 64% of all U.S. registered voters say high inflation placing a strain on their finances. Furthermore, 36% said it's placing a major strain on their finances, up 4% from August, 8% from last year. We are living a tale of two cities. You have people who moved to Washington, D.C., spend their entire lives telling us how to live ours, never missing a meal, never missing a paycheck, and you and I have been through a living hell the last few years of our lives. Kind of interesting, though. Oh, oh by the way, the, uh, the, uh, the big Powerball drawing, I guess it was won this morning. I saw the or heard the uh, winning tickets this morning. I didn't win. So that's why I'm here. No. <laughs> I, would, I actually would still go to work if I won the, uh, the lottery. I know, I know. It sounds kind of funny. And, and, you know, it's easy to say when you haven't won the lottery that you'd absolutely stay working if you won the lottery, but I would. Because I love what I do and I think it's important. So today on the show, we've got uh, updates on uh, what's happening. I'd love to hear from you. Have you voted? What did you encounter? There are uh, a sundry reports from different voting locales of difficulty voting or people being unable to vote in Maricopa County, Arizona. Do I believe that there are crooked people attempting to steal votes? Oh, heck yeah. 100%. You bet. And I would venture to say that the party that says you should have one day of voting and you should present an identification to verify who you are, would be much less likely to cheat than the party who says you don't need an ID, you can be illegal, you can have drop boxes all over the place, uh, you can, uh, you can uh, vote and you can count your vote month later. You know, those are the people who I'm kind of worried about because they've done it before. And kind of interesting, you know, tonight is a, uh, is, did you see the blood red moon? It's kind of, uh, kind of fun. The first time on election day that we've had a blood red moon and the Democrat party actually assigned the Republican party the color red when uh, Barack Obama was running for president because everybody knew he was a socialist slash communist and they wanted to divert attention by calling Republicans red. I've always rejected that until right now. This is Jim Gossett, by the way, on election day. I see a red moon arising. I saw it last night. I 
fear there's an omen in that moon. I hope so. I see big trouble for Joe Biden. His reign of error could end soon. Fingers crossed. Maybe it's a message that red moon shining bright. I don't know. And we'll lose big election night. <laughs> a red wave, it could sweep the nation. And we'll lose the House and Senate too. God willing. Thanks to gas prices and inflation. Pelosi and Schumer could be through. That red moon in the sky, it could be a sign. Democrats are in decline. This will damage Joe. Hillary might run again. And once more, she will not win. There you go. Today's the day, baby. This is what we've been waiting for. I'd love to hear your thoughts at 800-922-6680. Election chicanery all the way. Also, also I've got some points about uh, uh, what Donald Trump did to the Republican Party that even Ronald Reagan wasn't able to do, and he did it in a dramatic fashion. I'll share that. This, my friends, is the Election Day edition of the Rob Carson Show. His pronouns are he and man. His adjectives are awesome and excellent. And his interjections are hell and yeah. It's the Rob Carson Show. This is at a polling location in Maricopa County, Arizona. So what happens is we have two tabulators. One of the tabulators is not working, okay? The other tabulator is taking about 75% successful. So 25% of them are being misread, and it could be a printer issue. Um, you know, you hear the expressions very popular these days. You had one job, you know, you had one job and then it shows like a guy, uh, you know, whatever, doing something. But yeah, you had one job. This was you had two years to get here after all the BS in 2020. Or it could be the tabulator itself. So when it's misread, you have an option to put it into what's called box three. And it gets spread, whether it goes down. Oh, dear God in heaven. Just do the baskets with rocks. Okay, honestly, we just need to do baskets and rocks. You go in, you, you get there, and you get your, uh, say, for instance, you got to vote. I'm going to vote straight party Republican. Okay, well, I'm going to do the, I'll just say, because that's what they make us say, uh, that Republicans are red. Derp, derp, whatever. Uh, just give me my, my red rocks here. I got my box of red rocks here. I'm going to go in. There's some baskets laying out here. Uh, box number one is uh, voting for Republican, but... And you just drop your red rock in each, and you count the rocks. Maybe that's all we need to do. Because honestly, dear God in heaven, why does it have to be this hard? You, oh, I know why. Because some people want to steal the damn election is what the deal is. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. It, it, you, you show your ID. It's really not that hard. We, we are a, uh, a citizenry that we are built on uh, rugged individualism and freedom and all that stuff. When do we become so weak and so pathetic that, uh, oh, showing an ID is racist. Or, you know, it's too much to ask that you have to vote. My mother in 2018 got out of the hospital on the morning election day, went in her hospital gown, and voted at 90 years old. All right? It was that important to her. And honestly, the rest is all fallerall. And I would venture to say that most people, the only people who are saying no ID, vote as late as you want, are just those in power or Democrats running for office, not the electorate. Because the electorate is saying, oh, yeah, I'll go. I'll do it. 
See, seriously, because I do that all the time. Uh, let me see. Uh, remember when Blockbuster was open? If you had to return the movie on Tuesday, you returned the movie on Tuesday. Are you ever you ever rent one of those uh, expensive uh, uh, steam cleaners, uh, you know, rug doctor at uh, Walmart or whatever? You got to have it back on Wednesday. You're going to take it back on Wednesday or you're going to get docked. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing? And you've also got to have an ID to get both of those things. The rug doctor especially. Cannot get a rug doctor without an ID. Kind of weird that way, ain't it? Ain't it? And again, the only people who are saying uh, vote in person with an ID are Republicans. Democrats are the ones who want all the other BS. And there's only one excuse for the other BS because all the other excuses have been proven wrong, like racism with the state of Georgia. More people voting in Georgia than ever, particularly people of color. And every time they say that, well, you know, because people can't be there here and people can't do this, that, and black people are too whatever to be able to vote in person and, and have an ID or whatever, all it does is take those people and infantilize them. So vote in person. Let's go to Dwayne in Dallas on this election day. First caller of the day, Dwayne. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Well, sir, today is not election day. Today is eviction day. Today Boom. is when we get to invict all of these radical left-wing uh, ideologues that are destroying our country. They uh, they get to they get to see what it's like when we go to the polls and say, "Nope, sorry, these last two years have been a miserable failure." And tonight, I want to celebrate one of my chef by RD as I watch him get kicked out. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Hold on. Are you going to get uh, regular ravioli, mini ravioli, or beefaroni? What are you going to do, Dwayne? Tonight, tonight, I'm going to go all in and do beef ravioli because we have to make sure that we celebrate. <laughs> all right, man. But, you know, because beef is red meat, and, you know, there's a red moon, and there's a red wave, Dwayne. So I'll be toasting with some beef uh, ravioli tonight, too, my brother. Thanks for the call. Let's go to my friend Victor. Victor in Silver Spring, Maryland. How you doing, my brother? What's going on? Well, I voted last week because my friend couldn't take me today. And yes. and um, the person, uh, when I walked in the door, said, oh, Victor, we know who you are. <laughs> and he gave my uh, friend the form to fill out to help me to vote because the... Uh, equipment to help the blind vote never works right and i don't trust it so i got a friend that i i can vote for but i voted republican i voted for dan cox because i don't want to vote for somebody who finally got around to paying his water bill twenty thousand dollars i think think it was and also um i want the uh, pipelines reopened uh biden uh really screwed up when he uh said he was going to shut down the coal mines and yeah. i was thinking to myself oh gee if the coal mines are shut down how is santa claus going to get lumps of coal for the bad boys and girls <laughs> exactly and there are a lot of democrats who definitely need some coal in their stocking victor thanks for the call man i do greatly appreciate it uh yeah oh by the way uh brazilian leaders and the military are reportedly uh, planning to release evidence of a corrupted election in brazil there is that. We'll see. And John Fetterman says that, uh, you know, uh, going into tonight, it looks like Republicans would be way out in front, but there could be an overnight win for victory uh, for Democrats, which sounds a whole lot like 2020, don't it? We got details on that. Also, Joe Biden uh, said that he's going to get rid of coal fire plants. And uh, KJP, uh, uh, she said, no, nah, not so much. That's on the way. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com. 
we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Here's to a record-setting president, Joe Biden setting record-low approval ratings. What the Democrats have put our nation through, it is a sad day. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show, and it is Election Day. It is the uh, two years since uh, 2020, and... uh, we still have January 6th prisoners in jail, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. You know, they're still in jail. They're still uh, uh, being denied trial. Two years, two years uh, later, uh, we have January 6th protesters in jail right now, waiting on trial, frequently denied uh, uh, access to, uh, to clergy, frequently denied trial to, uh, or I should say, uh, uh, access to family. Uh, we are living a tale of two cities. We have a, a bourgeois, we have a proletariat, and we have a, uh, we have a, uh, we have a um, Bastille. I'll just say it. We've got those three things. So now all that matters is that we, uh, uh, the revolution begins, and it begins, I think, officially today. Although John Fetterman says that uh, there could be a dramatic change that could happen overnight as more ballots are processed. In, uh, in the state of Pennsylvania, which is exactly the same thing that happened in uh, 2020. So you never know. You never know. Oh, by the way, this just in, and I, and I said this months ago, when you saw the, uh, you know, the big jobs report, I don't know if you knew this, but when Joe Biden took office, there were about a million people out of the workforce because of COVID dictators and COVID idiots and all that. Uh, well, about half of those people have been able to return. So we're not even back to parity with regard to uh, job growth. But uh, uh, when I said the reason why that uh, the, the uh, job um, unemployment rate is so low, it's because uh, 4.5 billion cash-strapped Americans have turned to second jobs. There you go. How are you doing that this year? Yeah, four and a half a million of us have uh, uh, second jobs. And get, get this out. Uh, more than eight in ten Gen Z and more than three quarters of millennials say they either have or were considering to take on a second job. So if you want some more of that, please, please vote straight jacket for Democrats and not straight ticket for Republicans. By the way, did you see Donald Trump? He spoke last night in Ohio, and he had a special announcement. Actually, he had a, an announcement of a day that he's making a special announcement, and we all know what the announcement will be. But not to detract from tomorrow's very important, even critical, election. And I would say, in the strongest way, it's a country-saving election specifically including the election of all the people that I'm going to name. I'm going to be making a very big announcement on Tuesday, November 15th, at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida. And we all know what the election or the announcement's going to be. He's going to be running for president. There you go. I get asked uh, time and time again, and I don't know Donald Trump. I had the opportunity to meet Donald Trump, and uh, and he's going to run for president. Derp, 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 derp. You don't just and I literally, I was asked by uh, Newsmax on uh, on Saturday. You should watch Newsmax coverage. By the way, it's going to be outstanding. 
Uh, Newsmax coverage is uh, is going to be the best of the best of the best. Uh, definitely want to watch it because we all remember what happened when uh, Fox did the new the whole uh, election coverage in 2020. We all know about Brett Baer and all that. So uh, yeah, go ahead and just watch uh, Newsmax television for the real story. So uh, watch tonight. Definitely want to check that out. But uh, but I was asked on on Saturday, do you think Donald Trump is going to run for president? And you know, like I'm an insider. You know, like I know because I went to Mar-a-Lago earlier this year and had dinner. Uh, no, you know, I, it, it's just duh. I mean, I, really? Uh, you don't every... Listen, okay. First of all, you got a guy who was the president of the United States, did an outstanding job the first four years, was going for a second term. Then 2020 happened. And since then, he's had massive rallies, 20,000, 30,000 people at every one of his rallies. For the last at least year, he's been saying, hey, I might have to run again, might have to run again, might have to run again. Crowd goes insane every time he says it. What do you think he's going to announce on November the 15th? I mean, okay, okay, whatever. You know, another thing I was asked uh, Saturday on Newsmax is, uh, do you think Joe Biden is going to run in 2024? And again, I said, uh, no, and duh, because he won't physically and mentally be able to run for president in 2024. And if you believe that, you're high. The guy is 80 years old. He's going to be 82. And then at the end of the term, he'd be 86 years old. Not going to happen. I don't even know why we entertain these things. How about this? How about just vote for common sense? You know, there's, there's a thing that happens uh, when you've been on the planet long enough. This little, your hackles get up when you see things are happening that shouldn't be happening. And you go, huh, that's, that, that, that doesn't feel right. Well, generally, if you're a person of common sense and reason, chances are there's something behind uh, that feeling that you get. Like in 2020, there's something kind of odd about this election with all five battleground states suddenly stopped counting in the middle of the night and then all of a sudden they start again and all the votes come in for, for Joe Biden. You know, it, just, it may makes you kind of go, what? Or maybe you're an NCAA uh, female college swimmer and, and you're standing there and you've been training your entire life and, and you're getting ready to run the, you know, do the 500 meters and this uh, very large woman uh, who's about six feet six tall and about uh, eight foot wingspan with a big Adam's apple and a deep voice uh, whose name last year was, uh, was uh, uh, different than your female name this year. You know, you kind of go, huh, there's something kind of weird about this. Maybe, maybe that's not a woman uh, competing there. You know, just these little things that should kind of give it away. And I know what the number one question you have today with regard to the election is, and that is election integrity, right? Isn't that what you're concerned about? That's what I'm concerned about. I had my radar out when I went up to vote. I don't necessarily have to worry about it so much here because there haven't been any episodes where I live, and it is a largely uh, Republican enclave, although uh, there's a good deal of liberalism that caused a a Democrat uh, governor to be elected a few years ago and hopefully voted out today. But, yeah, you're concerned about election integrity. I'm concerned about uh, election integrity. Last night, uh, Harmeet Dillon was on TV. I've been on with uh, panels with her, and I think she knows a lot. And she was talking about uh, some things that are happening today. And she says that the GOP has it buttoned up. So if you're worried about it, and you should be worried about it, and you should be very alert, and you should be determined and not deterred. But she says that it sounds like the Republicans finally have their bleep together. I'm happy to report that Republicans are better poised than at any time in my lifetime to watch what's happening tomorrow and to take legal action quickly. In fact, we've already been doing that 
for the last couple of years. The Republican National Committee in this election cycle has deployed 38 paid election lawyer, senior lawyers in 19 states and another 50 more. And there are hundreds more Republican volunteers and paid staff of campaigns being organized. So every battleground state is saturated with lawyers. I'm here in Arizona and you can't swing a cat without hitting a lawyer. And we are here to make sure that everything is run according to the law, not according to what Democrats make up at the last minute. Now, as you mentioned, Tucker, the Democratic Party is so hysterical about the likely losses tomorrow that the Department of Justice announced late today. Oh, the DOJ, they're perfectly fine. We could trust the DOJ. No, we can't. That they're sending lawyers to all the counties where... It's the same DOJ that sicked uh, the FBI on parents who disagreed with CRT, by the way. Yeah, the same DOJ that uh, uh, had the FBI raid Mar-a-Lago for no good reason. They're thinking that they're going to lose big, including six of the... Same DOJ that uh, worked with the FBI to censor la uh, Hunter Biden's laptop story before the last election. Other than that, nothing to worry about. Uh, heaviest populated counties here in Arizona. But the Republican National Committee has engaged in almost 80 lawsuits in this cycle. We've won a lot of these lawsuits. I filed many of these lawsuits in multiple states. And so we were under a consent decree, Tucker, for uh, the last 40 years almost that prevented Republican National Committee from engaging in Election Day operations. That lifted. And since we've been able to do it. I'm going to tell you, Republicans and Republican Party, there are a lot of people who are rolling the dice on you. They've not been particularly impressed by your leadership in Washington, D.C., but they expect your leadership when it involves this election cycle, and they aren't going to take any shenanigans. I'll just put it that way. Uh, let's go to uh, Patrick in Lisbon, Maryland. Hello there, Patrick. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Hi, Rob. I've been a listener since day one out here in Maryland. Lovely. I just wanted to share with you and the listeners that my mom, she's 89 years old. She had a stroke on October 2nd, wow. and she was in ICU, and then she went through the neuro ward, and then they put her in a rehab uh, in Anne Arundel County, and she told, uh, she asked if she could vote about two weeks ago, and the rehab people said, no way. Well, she was like Rocky Balboa working out <laughs> these last two years, I mean, last two weeks, and somehow she talked the staff into letting her go, and I just took her. Oh, and uh, helped her vote in person. That's the only way she would do it. Wow. And uh, she went red down the line, I believe. And wow. uh, and I just returned her to her rehab. Oh, and buddy. let me tell you, she was one proud American. Good for you, bud. That is, uh, that is an amazing story. What's your mom's first name, by the way? Mary Ellen. Mary Ellen, God bless you, and thank you for voting. I think that's an amazing story. It's just like my mom. My mom was, I think, 89 or 90 years old when she had a stroke. She, she was getting out of the hospital. She said, take me to vote, Patrick. I think that's fantastic. It's that important. It's that important. Thanks for the call. Do appreciate it. Let's go to uh, Mike in Middle River, Maryland. A lot of calls for Maryland today. Mike, welcome to the show. What's going on, buddy? Hey, Rob. How are you? I'm glorious, man. I voted. Yo, vote. Showed my ID and everything. Yeah, well, that's what I was calling about. You know, I heard you speaking a little bit earlier about voter ID. I think it's it's sinful that I have to show my driver's license when I go to the Baltimore County dump yeah. in order to, to get rid of some garbage, but not when I vote. Yeah, I, now, I want to ask you this, Mike. Mike, when uh, when uh, uh, when poll workers who are Democrats take the Republican ballots to the uh, landfill, do they have to show their ID? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. I do have another something else I'd like to share with you too. What's that? Um, 
my daughter is currently in college in, in Pennsylvania, and she's driving home today, back home, in order to vote in person and then driving back to college. And I said, well, you know, you don't want to just vote early and, you know, send the ballot in. She said, no, Dad, I want to, I want to be in person. Wow. So there may be hope for this younger generation that, that sees what's going on. Um, Mike, I'm going to have to agree with you on Gen Z. I kind of worry about millennials, though. Uh, but I do believe you on uh, on Gen Z. They've suffered abuses and usurpations uh, more so than most because they were in the middle of their uh, their academic uh, you know uh, career when the the COVID dictator shut down everything. So uh, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. We got somebody uh, we're going to have next here, a young man named Gabriel uh, Gabriel Faraci. He's 14 years old and uh, he is a friend of the show. And and he actually uh, put together a uh, sample ballot yesterday and some predictions that I thought were spot on. Turns out he actually has a, a running bet with Sean Spicer from Newsmax. And we're going to kind of gauge Gen Z after this break, talk to him, see what he has to say, and hear what you have to think about it on this election day, the most important day imaginable for the continuation of freedom in America. This is The Rob Carson Show. Democrats shut down our businesses and schools. They forced us to take a vaccine, and now they want our vote. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. It's the Rob Carson Show. You know, there are a lot of people who are learning about politics. They can't vote yet, but uh, Gabriel Faraci is a 14-year-old. Now, I read his uh, spreadsheet yesterday with regard to the race, and i got to tell you, he's closer than anybody I've seen. He says with regard to the Senate, 52-48 for Republicans. He says with regard to governors, uh, Republicans win 31, Democrats 19, uh, and he joins us on the phone. Uh, let me just tell you uh, about this uh, this young man because he is a friend of uh, a friend. Uh, he, Gabriel Faraci is a 14-year-old student from Oklahoma. His dad is the founder of Gideon 300 PR Agency, works with my show, works with Newsmax, and I understand that Gabriel actually has a running bet with Sean Spicer. He can't vote yet, but he's on the phone with us. Good morning, Gabriel. How are you, sir? Great. Thanks for having me. Excellent. All right, so you're, you're 14 years of age. You can't vote, but clearly you are very interested in politics. Uh, you were only 12 years old during the uh, the presidential election. Why is this important to you to, to be involved, or at least even if you can't vote, be knowledgeable? Because the 2020 election has a huge impact on a country. All elections do. And I realized that it was much more important than sports, and that's what I follow now. Wow. So you are in seventh grade. Yes. Now, when you're at school, uh, what do your friends say when you say that politics is very important to you and you start to kind of express yourself with regard to politics? Do they kind of look at you and go, what, really? Well, they sort of talk about sports they sort of ignore that they're not really into politics yeah well you know they're they're uh, seventh graders so uh your your i know your father uh is uh, is involved in politics and uh, uh i've known him for you know about a year now um is he the guy who inspired you are there other people in your life who maybe you uh you 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 listen to and and inspired you to uh have a, a passion with regard to politics yeah, my dad definitely inspired me, but also just seeing what happened and affected me personally around the country. Okay, very good. Well, I want to go through uh, this, and you are, uh, you know, you're a Gen Zer. Uh, let me ask you, Gabriel. I know you're, you're you're a young man. You're 14 years old. Uh, what about your generation? Are you hopeful for your generation uh, with regard to uh, being strong leaders in the future? 
No, I, I would not say that I'm hopeful because there's a lot of people that are corrupted by these schools, the schools, and they're teaching bad things. And I think that very few of them will be good leaders. Let me ask you this, Gabriel. Do they try this uh, woke um uh, woke uh, agenda in your classwork? Do they bring this nonsense up about CRT and uh, and uh, gender identity and whatnot? Is that in your school? No, not not in my school. Good for you. I'm glad to hear that. So let me ask you because a couple of questions I, I'm curious about, and and I uh, you have um, what many are saying a eh, pretty good uh, pretty good. Uh, uh, grasp on what do you think is going to happen you say republicans will win the senate 52 to 48 has that changed since i uh, got this uh, this text from your dad yes actually because in arizona's senate race i still technically have the bet with sean spicer so i can't change it but after those two polls came in yes uh I'm, i would predict arizona for blake masters now no kidding okay excellent what about uh, in uh, pennsylvania what are you thinking about pennsylvania I think Dr. Oz has got this pretty easily. John Fetterman has stumbled way too much, and there's no way that undecided voters ever would go for him. <laughs> That's spectacular. Uh, let's talk about the House of Representatives. You're saying 234 to 201. Are you sticking by that prediction, or do you think it could be bigger or smaller? I, I'm sticking by that, but I think because the House, there's so many seats in it, it could definitely be bigger. Republicans could get 240. It could be a very big night for Republicans. Let me ask you, you're, you're, you're a young guy. You're not an adult yet. You think like an adult. I can attest to that. <clears throat> what is the most important to you and your family, do you think, with regard to this midterm election? Well, I think the most important thing is the state legislatures and their elections because they have the most impact on the states and then with the governors. And they can control the states, and they make big things for everyday Americans okay. happen. Now, you also say that Republicans are going to win 31 governorships, Democrats 19. Are you sticking with that? Yes, definitely. Well, that's, uh, that actually bodes well for a possible convention of the states which I certainly would love to uh, love to see. Um, when, you, when you talk to your friends, uh, what do you suppose the breakdown is, uh, Republican versus Democrat, liberal versus conservative? Well, here in Oklahoma, most of the, my friends are definitely Republicans. Very good. <laughs> All right. And, and you, uh, you, I would assume, that is your dad voted yet or is he going today? He's going to go today. Are you going to go with him? Yes. All right, my friend. Hey, I appreciate you joining me today, Matthew. And let's figure out, you know, maybe hopefully we'll find out uh, what we need to tomorrow. But I'd like to follow up and see if you bought, if you beat Sean Spicer. You got money on this or is this just kind of a uh, just a pride uh, bet? I don't have money on this. This is just a simple thing. All right, my friend. Hey, uh, God bless you, my friend. I think you're you're an outstanding person. You've got a great start. And I think, honestly, I mean, for a guy who's uh, in seventh grade, you have a really good grasp on uh, on uh, uh, politics. And, and I think your gut is telling you the right things. Uh, I appreciate it. And we'll talk again soon. Okay, buddy? All right. Thank you for having me. All right. Very good. Uh, outstanding. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. If you've ever wanted to generate your own supply of free electricity, this will be the most important message you will ever hear. Here's why. With new grid vulnerabilities, with electrical rates rising faster than any time in American history, there's never been a better time to protect your family with a plug-and-play solar generator. 
These emergency backup systems provide life-saving electrical power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, a solar generator runs quietly, emits no fumes, produces an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. It's like having an electric power plant running secretly in your own home. Runs sump pumps, shortwave radios, computers, even keeps food from spoiling. Whether it's dangerous storms, brownouts, or blackouts, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Go to RobOffGrid.com. RobOffGrid.com to learn more. Use coupon code ROB and get over $1,500 in free off-grid bonuses. Available now at RobOffGrid.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It's election day. It is the day that we have been waiting for for uh, a very long time, for two years. One party is uh, playing on your fears, saying that if the Republicans uh, get voted into office, all life will end. Uh, There will be racists. There will be, uh, I don't know, uh, dogs and cats living together. Uh, Abject chaos. And then the uh, the Republicans are saying, hey, you know what? Are you kind of tired? of the abuses and usurpations? Are you kind of tired of, I don't know, four or five dollar gas, so five, six, seven dollar diesel fuel? Are you tired of uh, being uh, stomped by our our enemies? Are you are you tired of us being involved in foreign wars? Are you, uh, are you tired of the price of groceries? Because I don't think that we've ever seen anything like this, at least in my lifetime, except for, I guess, the Carter administration. But the thing is, uh, uh, Jimmy Carter was just kind of a useful dupe he was a starry-eyed, uh, dopey Democrat. Uh, now we just have a lot of really, really committed socialists who've waited since 1968. And uh, they are in office right now. They are in power in Washington, D.C., and they want to fundamentally change the country. And right now the American people are saying, no, I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. And the thing that has me convinced that we are going to turn this around is that the crux, the foundation upon which the class of 1968 is basing its attempt to fundamentally change America into a Marxist socialist state is that Americans have to hate America. And guess what? We don't. We don't. Rick Grinnell was on Newsmax last night. Uh, Rick Grinnell was talking about uh, the election, what we can expect today, uh, election integrity, and whatnot. Something that most people think is ridiculous. I mean, you look at a country like France, 65 million people, and when they vote, they vote by in person. They do a physical piece of paper when they vote. They're a bunch of racists in France. Clearly, the French people are racist. I would assume since they just started doing paper ballots and and voter ID that all of the people of color have moved from France since they did that in the 70s. And they still count all the votes and announce it that night. Racist. 
how do you say racist in French? Le raciste? Uh, Brazil does the same thing. There are countless countries that are able to do this. I think it's embarrassing for this White House to be able to su suggest that somehow America can't count ballots and get it done. I don't care if there are laws that say you can't start counting until the day of or when polls close. Hire more people. I mean, no, I, wait a minute. Are you serious? I know this administration is completely terrible at creating jobs, but hire people so that we can count votes and know mm. exactly who wins. This is a, a minor expectation, a very low expectation Certainly. that the American people have. It, but it is an expectation, and it should be done. And honestly, uh, get your ass together. Seriously. You know, the other day I went in to get my driver's license. Now, the, the government really doesn't produce a product. It, it provides some services. It takes your tax money. It spends it on crap you don't want to spend it on and all of that stuff. And it wastes a lot of your money. The other day I went into the uh, driver's license bureau. All right. So I go into the driver's license bureau. Here's all they got to do. Uh, they don't even need to do an eye test, really. I mean, they did an eye test at this one location. And they ended up driving 40 miles to get my driver's license. But you go in, <clears throat> and, I, and I, I couldn't get an appointment for... Two weeks just to get a driver's license. So finally, uh, I, I was told by the person at the driver's license bureau near my house, just show up, and uh, we do walk-ins. So I go up, I arrive as a walk-in, and I say, hey, I'm a walk-in. And they say, oh, we're not allowing walk-ins. you got to register online. And I said, well, I just tried to register online, and at this location, I can't come here for two weeks. And they said, yeah, go ahead and sign up to come in in two weeks, and, uh, and then you can uh, get your driver's license. Now, all they got to do is call my number, number 107, and you walk over and you answer a couple questions, and then they don't even print the ID out. All they do is give you a, a, a receipt that has your picture on it and has your ID number on it. That's all they give you. And it literally takes 45 seconds to do that, maybe a minute, right? And then they send the ID in the mail. Meanwhile, I go to uh, Planet Fitness, and I get my picture taken, or Sam's Club, and I get my picture taken, and they literally print off an ID so I can shop at Sam's Whole Cl Sale Club in 45 seconds. So why can't we do this with regard to the elections? Well, because half of the, uh, <clears throat> half of the, uh, the political system, the Democrat side, wants to cheat in the elections. There's no other reason for it. There's no other reason for <coughs> all of this absentee balloting. There's no reason to say uh, we don't need an ID, and if you, if you provide an ID or you demand an ID, that's racist. The only reason being is so they can get away with stealing because they can't compete on the arena of ideas uh, because the Democrat and socialist ideal worldwide has always been a failure, and they can never win by a real ballot because are you voting for 40-year high inflation? Are you voting for a percent uh, uh, interest rate on your home loan are you voting for an open border anybody voting for an open border anybody down with 70 percent of the 107,000 ODs death ODs in America from fentanyl anybody down with that because if you're voting Democrat you're down with that because I don't hear any Democrats saying that they are against an open border. I don't hear any Democrats saying that CRT is crap. I don't hear any Democrats say that uh, uh, this uh, transgender nonsense in schools should be taught. I, I, I do or should not be taught. I don't hear any of that. So the the uh, expression I'm using today, with regard to this election, is vote straight ticket Republican or straight jacket Democrat, because you'd have to be nuts to vote for Democrats at this point, considering the state of the country. Let's go to Homer in Rising Sun, Maryland. Been holding for a while. Homer, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? 
Oh, not a whole lot. My the words that popped into my mind while I was waiting was uh, "idiot speak." Idiot speak is a phrase that just popped in there, and it, that that applies to the Democrats. I mean, oh, good. I thought maybe you were listening to my show and thinking "idiot speak." <laughs> I was a little worried about that, Homer. What the hell? <laughs> I haven't voted yet. I don't okay. know why. Yes. Uh, I got carjacked in Baltimore City. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I don't have a car yet. When did you get carjacked in Baltimore? <laughs> oh, about three years ago. Oh, dear Lord in heaven. Wow, that is, uh, is remarkable. Well, uh, two, two utes came out of an alley while I was going to a sandwich shop and uh, beat the living <laughs> hell out of me. Oh, nice. Me in a car, and then yeah. my car out and destroyed it. Nice, nice. Well, there's a whole lot more of that going on in uh, in Baltimore. Uh, for my national listeners, uh, the state of Maryland is uh, remarkably bad right now. There's a possibility that Marylanders could vote in Wes Moore, who is a, oh, a, a radical. He is. He, he is a what? joke. Uh, you look well, at the state. The one, the one thing sticks in my mind that Wes Moore says was, I'm going to make people get electric cars. Yeah. Get, get a, I, are you kidding me? I can't get a regular car now. Yeah, exactly. And also, I might mention, in Baltimore, it is a third world hellhole right now. You've got uh, a good share of the students graduating from high school, if they graduate, not being able to read, not having any appreciable skills, not being able to do math, and resorting to uh, uh, taking a squeegee downtown and waiting for people to come up to stoplights or stop signs and then extorting money out of them. It's like kids in the barrios of Mexico City uh, trying to sell chiclets. That's how bad things have gotten in Baltimore. So I would assume you're going to go straight ticket Republican and not straight jacket Democrat. <laughs> Are you kidding? All right. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a Republican from stem to stern. As Very far good. as those squeegee kids goes, I want you to know some of them alleged squeegee kids are in their 20s. I know. What the hell are they doing out in the corner? I don't know. It's uh, it's pretty sad and pathetic. But I also know that the mayor of Baltimore wants to actually enable them by paying them. Right. What yeah, and it's, it's doubling down on stupid. I appreciate well, it, bro. Well, they're, they're paying people not to kill people in the city, too. Oh, that's very I, nice of them. $375 a, a month or something if you don't shoot somebody. Nice, nice. Uh, how, how well is that working for him? i got to run, buddy. Homer, thanks for the phone call. I do appreciate it. Let's go to Mike in uh, Nottingham, Maryland, another Marylander. Uh, Mike, your thoughts today. What's going on? Hi, Rob. Thanks for taking my phone call. Can I yeah. do three quick things with you first? Real I'd quick. Like to to tell you that my wife and I voted uh, today for Dan Cox for governor, Michael Good. Anthony Peruca for attorney general, yes. and a straight Republican ticket down the line. Nice. Secondly, uh, I have an idea of how to uh, get rid of voter fraud and election theft. And institute, how is that? Institute the death penalty if, if a person is found guilty, because this is a, uh, a crime of treason. Uh, and uh, I, I have a request. Uh, okay. Before the end of your program today, yes. will you please uh, play uh, Seasons in the Sun, Jim Gossett, uh, the oh, yes. Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> oh, yes, I've got to do that. That's, a, that's great. Let me find it here. I've got to do somewhere. It's our new parody that we came up with yesterday, Seasons in the Sun. Uh, what was your final thought, by the way? I, I, I oh, don't that, know was my final, that was my final thought. All right, let me see where that... Oh, here it is, here it is. This is the latest from Jim Gossett in honor of Nancy Pelosi and Democrats uh, losing their rear ends today. Song from when I grew up by Jim Gossett. 
Goodbye to you, you leftist jerks. Bye, Nancy. You live like kings with lots of DC perks. Tomorrow you'll be history. I hope so. You wrecked our economy, COVID lies and CRT. Goodbye to you, House Speaker Nan. Other than that, you're doing a great job. Your party's ratings, they are in the can. Back to Frisco, you should go. It's over, Nancy, you should know. You're through just like Sleepy Joe. Now your reign, it is done. Cause morals you have none And it's clear to see You'll lose your majority But we have to pass the bill So that we can uh, find out what is in it You spread hatred and fear And the voters will be clear Out of power you'll be Of your evil will be free We'll have joy, we'll have fun Cause the Democrats are done There you go, that is uh, Jim Gossett and, uh, and that is one of the big things, and I, I don't think I can express how uh, my abject joy that uh, Nancy Pelosi's reign of terror will end. And she has been an awful, awful Speaker of the House. She has never done anything for a constituent. She's made herself incredibly, incredibly rich, and I am glad to see the sun setting on her uh, wretched, awful tenure as Speaker of the House. Uh, Claude, you hold on. The number here is 800-922-6680. Coming up, the biggest fear of Democrats realized as black men, white women, and Hispanics say bleep you to the Democrat Party. I'll have the audio on that in your phone calls. This is finally an an election edition of the Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. The swamp feasts while we're expected to dine on the crumbs. To those who strove to deter us from our responsibility, you have failed. Time to send those crumb suckers home. It's the Rob Carson Show. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Mark Meckler, the president of Convention of States, will see... How close this election could get us to a convention of states, because many of us are very concerned about the direction of the country. We're concerned that there is, uh, you know, the, the coming civil war. There's a lot of talk about a civil war. We're already in the middle of it. We're already in the middle of it. And honestly, if you if you love America as founded, you had de- war declared on you years ago. And we're in the throes of it right now. Uh, and they've uh, not fired a shot physically, but they've certainly fired a lot of other shots. You've got government agencies literally colluding with uh, with big social media and the Democrat Party uh, to uh, to change election results. We saw that in 2020 with the Hunter Biden laptop. We saw that in 2016 with Hillary Clinton collusion. Everything that you believe in has been under siege for at least the last couple of years. <clears throat> Your kids in school couldn't go to school because of COVID idiots and COVID dictators who are now begging you for to. to forgive them for uh, the things that they did to your kids and the country and your business and all of these things. And I, and I think about the damage that has been done just in the last two years to our way of life, to everything, everything under assault in this uh, attempt to transform the, the American country uh, foundationally into something that it is not. We've been told that uh, the real heroes are those who kneel during uh, before a football game and not the heroes who went overseas and lost limbs in their lives for the cause of freedom. We're told that the, the real heroes are uh, Democrat politicians when the real heroes are people who are driving trucks. Real heroes are 
riding combines, spending 18 to 20 hours in a field this fall to feed the rest of us. All the while, the Democrat Party calls us racist and sexist and homophobic and all of this. And I think we're just kind of done. I know. In fact, I know we're done. We're just done. I got to tell you, I, I, as I came into the show today, I'm just, I'm, I am physically tired because of all of the things that we've been through and all of the things that we've had attacked from our patriotism to our children's, uh, uh, you know, belief that all kids are equal and that everybody has a shot, that institutional racism is not uh, something that exists in the United States of America. If you believe it is, then please explain to me the greatest names in world history that happen to be people of color that have achieved that in this country exclusively. Please explain that to me. So I'm just kind of tired, sick and tired, actually. I did my part this morning, and I am not, listen, I'm not a big flag-waving vote Republican because I get really upset at people like Mitch McConnell. I can't stand Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell needs to be out of power because Mitch McConnell exists for one reason only as the leader of the Senate, and that is himself because he makes a lot of decisions on him. A lot of the decisions that he has made this election season to fund and not fund candidates is because he doesn't want candidates in the Senate who won't vote for him in leadership. And so, as far as I'm concerned, he's done. By the way, Josh Hawley says he's not going to vote for uh, Mitch McConnell to be the leader of the Senate. He's not going to. Hopefully some other people will do that as well. Let's go to uh, Claude in Arbutus. Hello there, Claude. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Hey, Rob. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, buddy. I, I voted. I'm feeling good. Me too. I tell you what, man. I voted for all the all the Republicans today. I voted for uh, Nino Mangione, the WCBM crew, Pat McDonough. Nice. Pat needs to change our our Palmer County because Palmer County is going to hell in a handbasket with these Republicans. What we call them Democrats. I don't call them Democrats anymore. <laughs> so they're a bunch of rats. Yeah. They don't care about us. And yeah. anybody that votes for a Democrat, it's got to be sick in their head because they want to take value from school. They want to bring in the devil and stuff. You just can't vote for people like this. So they're not about Christ. They really ain't. Yeah, Claude, now you, you've lived in uh, in Maryland your whole life. Is that the deal? Oh, yeah. Um, I volunteered at Bollaville for 20 years as a firefighter. Very good. Now, have you ever been so motivated in a midterm election as you are right now? No, absolutely not. And what's driving you to the uh, to vote Republican this election? Well, the, the, the price of fuel... Right to food, rent, different things, man. I mean, you know, you yeah. can't keep going like this. And no, they want to you, hire 87,000 IRS agents to raid you and all this. Yeah. And yeah. guns and all this nonsense. Yeah. We don't need that. Exactly. Claude, I appreciate your phone call, man. I appreciate it. Uh, last night on, uh, I guess it was on Tucker, uh, a pollster named Craig Kashishian talking about uh, what we can expect today. I think we're in the midst of a red surge. Maybe not a wave, but certainly a surge that will... Oh, I think it's going to be a tsunami. Punish Democrats in power. God willing. ...and reward Republicans. But there is a caveat. Um, there is a sacred covenant between the great middle class and our government. Listen to this. And that is that if you keep our streets safe, 
keep our schools open and our way of life intact, we will send our children to far off battlefields to fight for you. Right. The Democrats right. broke that covenant. Did you hear that? That's pretty powerful stuff. These are the most important things you can expect from your leadership. Between the great middle class and our government. And that is that if you keep our streets safe, nope, keep not... our schools open, yep. and our way of life intact, yep. we will send our children to far off battlefields to fight for you. Right. The Democrats right. broke that covenant. They broke that covenant. Not only will we not send our children to fight, we will also vote you out of office. All right, so coming up, Convention of the States. How close are we to that reality? Mark Meckler, the president of Convention of States, coming up next. Don't go anywhere. No blind rhetoric. No talking down to me. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. I trust Newsmax. 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 They don't tell me how to think. They let me decide. Real news for real people. If you're looking for a woke take on current events, just go back to sleep. Because you're not getting it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Joining us on the phone, Mark Beckler, Convention of States, and uh, he is on the Newsmax Hotline. Good morning or good afternoon, sir. How are you doing today? Well, I'm sitting here with bated breath, anticipating the results that likely won't come in tonight. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's ridiculous. I, I, I mentioned off air that uh, after I get into the show, I'm going to go right up here. There's a cemetery near my house. I'm going to take a folding chair, and, uh, and I'm going to make sure that no Democrats vote. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I think that's wise. I think we need poll watchers, but it seems like we also need cemetery watchers. <laughs> yes. So, um, I mentioned earlier today that there's one party in this country that uh, wants people to show an ID when they vote and vote the day of. And there's another party that has all of this other stuff involved. Another party that says that uh, black people are not smart enough to have an ID. Uh, and another party that says that you should be able to count votes a month after the election. Of course, we all know that the Democrats are the uh, the second party that I've been speaking to, and there's only one reason why they want all of those caveats, and that is because they can't win in the arena of ideas, uh, particularly right now because of all the nonsense that they have perpetrated on the American people. Um, what do you think as far as uh, as election results? Uh, where do you see the longest lag between uh, the election and the election results coming out? Pennsylvania? Where else? <clears throat> Yeah, I think Pennsylvania is going to be rough. It's possible Georgia is going to be rough. I'm going to look to see what their election reforms did. I'm worried about Arizona, specifically yeah. Maricopa County. We've already seen in Maricopa County, they're apparently having, air quote, troubles with their voting machines. Yeah. Uh, so those are some of the places I'm really worried about. I think New York will probably see late results because it's easier to get votes for Kathy Hochul stuffed in the ballot box after everything closes. <laughs> so those are some of the places I'm worried about late results. I had mentioned earlier, <clears throat> had a young man on the show who you're familiar with. His name is Gabriel Faraci, 14 years old. He is the son of a, a friend of the show, a friend of yours, Matthew Faraci. And he, uh, he gave me some predictions this morning that I thought were spot on. And by the way, I want to mention something real quick. This is just the point of personal privilege. Uh, Matthew mentioned that he called Rush Limbaugh's program when he was Gabriel's age, 14 years of age. Gabriel today called my show at the same age, and they made a comparison, which, uh, you know, I mean, is mind-boggling to me. 
I'm just glad that I could be there as Gabriel uh, followed in his dad's footsteps today. He says, Gabriel says, think of this, 5248 Republicans with regard to the Senate. What do you think about that? You know, I love Gabriel. He and I had a debate about this uh, on air this morning on Newsmax. <laughs> I think he, I think he's a couple Senate uh, seats shy. I think he's being more conservative than I am on that. Yeah. Uh, so he, he thinks Arizona stays in Democrat hands. Uh, he also thinks that uh, possibly Pennsylvania or New Hampshire stay in Democrat hands. No, no, no. He's so switched. I'm say, he I'm switched. Say 50, he switched on Pennsylvania. He says he's, okay. he says that uh, that uh, the uh, Dr. Oz is going to win Pennsylvania. All right. Well, he's got Balduck losing to Hassan, and I don't agree with that. I think Balduck beats Hassan. I think uh, I think that uh, Balduck wins this one too, and he schooled uh, Haggy, uh, Maggie and the Haggy. <laughs> <laughs> that was correct. You were Oops. correct the first time. There. Oops. Well, I like to say uh, Nancy Pelosi is a happy American grandma. You figure out the acronym there. Uh, but <laughs> but he schooled the son in the or Hassan, I should say, in the uh, in the debate. Uh, Hassan didn't even know about grocery prices. She said that her husband was alarmed at the price of eggs, uh, like he's been to the grocery store. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, the, the one thing, uh, one of the many things on the ballot this week are how out of touch Democrats are with the state of the American people. And, and they, I think, are, are completely uh, convinced that we will be satisfied with the crumbs that we are being fed uh, while they live high on the hog. Uh, what do you think are the main uh, drivers of people to the, uh, to the ballot box today and particularly to drive uh, Democrats out of power? I mean, to me, the simple one, you already brought it up, is the economy. It's literally the price of eggs, the price of gas the price of uh, heating their homes, just basic stuff that real wages are being outpaced by inflation. These are things that regular Americans face every day, and there's nothing the Democrats can do to lie to them about it because they're facing it in their pocketbooks. And why do you say that uh, the possibility of a Senate going 52-48 is an underestimate with regard to Republicans. Why? What, what's, what do you, uh, what in your gut tells you that it's going to be much bigger than that? Well, specifically dealing with two races, uh, the Hassan-Bolduck race in New Hampshire. Yeah. One of the things that most people don't realize is that General Bolduck was polling ahead of Hassan during the primary. So this yeah. is before he even wins the primary. They had an ugly primary there. A lot of Republicans were not sure they were going to support him after the primary. Their feelings were hurt. The party's coming back together post-primary. The polling shows he's now ahead by a little bit. So I think when the red wave, he wins. That's number one. Number two is in Arizona. You've got to have the Kerry Lake wave factor. I mean, she's oh, yes. just she's absolutely incredible. So yeah. I think Masters beats Kelly. At, he's polling slightly ahead right now, but she's going to have coattails, yeah. uh, Kerry Lake. And I think that pulls Masters across the finish line. So I think we're at least at 54. Yeah, also I want to mention, <clears throat> uh, apparently Democrats uh, poured money into the primaries in favor of Trump Republicans. I think that was such an ungodly misreading of where the American people are. Because this sounds like it is much a, uh, a freedom and independence and Republican wave. It is also a Trump wave as well. Uh, your thoughts on that. Did the Democrats make a giant mistake by supporting Trump Republicans in the primaries, and now they're going to get stomped here in the midterms? <laughs> well, I, it depends on whose perspective you're looking at. From, from my perspective, they did exactly the right thing. I think from their perspective, yes. yeah, they made a terrible mistake. What's going to end up happening is they're going to have a more conservative House of Representatives. They're going to have a more conservative Senate majority in the hands of Republicans. So I think from their perspective, a mistake from my perspective, 
thank you for spending fifty million to elect Trump conservatives. <laughs> uh, it's it's very interesting. Let's let's move on to the governor's race. Um, what are you thinking there? I, I'll, I'll refer to this uh, this young gentleman, uh, Gabriel Faraci. He says that uh, uh, thirty one Republican governors, nineteen Democrats, which would bode very well for the possibility of a convention of states. What do you think? Yeah, I, again, I think he's probably a little bit uh, shy on that. I think really? it goes up maybe more like 32 or 33. Wow. I mean, the governor's races are absolutely incredible. When you know that Kathy Hochul's in play, and I actually think Lee Zeldin's going to win that race, other than aside from the cheating, I think I would let me put it this way Lee Zeldin's going to get the most votes. Yeah. Who yeah. ends up winning? I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, uh, but. You look at the Oregon race, this is a really oh, incredible yeah. thing that's happened in Oregon, which yes. is you have a, I think the Republicans going to win that race. I do too. That's because the, the left vote is split between a radical radical leftist and somebody who's just a mainstream leftist that's the sitting governor. So I think that gets split and Republicans win there. So I just think it looks like a good day. I think Tony Evers is going to lose uh, in Wisconsin. We're just going to pick up a whole bunch. It could go 32 or 33. Well, it is remarkable to me that uh, the Democrats do not have control of the narrative anymore. Uh, we have the mainstream media and big social media exposed for what they are, tools of the Democrat Party, literally, I mean, with the DHS working with the FBI to uh, to shut down speech uh, about everything, calling it disinformation or misinformation. And, and they're even denying crime is up. Uh, I can't think of, listen, they're denying that crime is up. They're denying that 5 million illegals have come across the border. I mean, how tone deaf can you be? Well, they're completely tone deaf. I'm the poster child for this in this cycle was Kathy Hochul alongside yes. President Biden. But Kathy Hochul asking Lee Zeldin in the debate, well, why are you so concerned about crime? Well, look, we've all seen the videos. We all know people who live and work in New York who are just terrified to go out on the streets right now it's very reasonable based on what's going on then you've got biden you know he doesn't acknowledge that crime is up they're all trying to fake the statistics and by the way this is just so people understand why they say this crime is down a little bit in most places from last year but it's up astronomically since Biden and the Democrats took power. Yeah, and also I want to mention, you know, there are a lot of people who say, well, you know, the crime is higher in Alaska. Well, yeah, it is if you take, like, for instance, New York, take New York City out of the equation. And, and a lot of these crime statistics that are going on in the country where they're saying that there, there are a low crime states being supposedly high crime is they are actually excluding the data from the big Democrat-run cities. When you include the big Democrat-run cities, crime is out of of control. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. So they're manipulating the statistics to make it look better for Democrats. But the bottom line is this, it's just like groceries. If you live in one of those cities, you know whether you're scared or not. It's not because you're reading the stats. It's because you see the homeless, you see the needles, you see the human feces on the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see the giant encampments of homeless and criminals. You're scared because you have reason to be scared, not because somebody's telling you stats. I uh, like to say that the crux of the class of 1968, and, and, and make no bones about this, what we are seeing in the White House and the Democrat Party is a culmination of 50 years of effort to try to fundamentally change the United States of America. And I would venture to say that the foundational principle of that movement to move us towards a Marxist socialist utopia is that you have to hate America. And 80% of us on both sides of the political equation don't. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's true. You talk to Americans from all over the country. I travel all over the country, so I'm with them face to face. The vast majority of Americans 
don't buy into the Democrat agenda. They still love America. They don't want CRT taught in the schools. They don't want their kids being taught radical transgender ideology. Uh, they don't hate America abroad. They prefer America to be strong rather than weak. They like a strong economy. They want an energy independent country. That's what the majority of Americans think. It's just that the Democrat Party, the mainstream party itself, is entirely out of touch with the mainstream of America. You know, the amazing thing, though, the Democrat Party supposedly has always been the party of the common man. The Democrat Party has always been the blue-collar party. Ronald Reagan supposedly ushered in this uh, this new generation of uh, Republicans moving away from the country club blue-bud Republicans. Uh, and, and I respect Ronald Reagan. Absolutely. However, you still have those country club blue-blood Republicans uh, in office. Donald Trump was the true arbiter of change with regard to the Republican Party, and we're not only the party of the working people, we are also, and if you watch the punditry in the last three days on MSNBC and CNN, the biggest targets for them are the biggest, uh, the biggest elements of change, black men, white women, and Hispanics. They're all leaving the Democrat Party in mass, unlike we've never seen before. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, so we pull this stuff pretty much every week on the issues, not just elections, but on the issues. And I've been watching an incredible phenomenon over the last 18 months. Yes. I've been watching Hispanics. I've been watching blacks. I've been watching Asians. And I've been watching young people, 18 to 24. Yes. All of them moving to the right on the issues. And I think we're going to see today whether they actually move Republican or not. They're definitely moving to the right on the issues. Yeah. Will they pull the lever for Republicans is the big question. You know, the thing is... Uh, do you want to live like this? That's the question that we have to ask ourselves. Do you want to live like this? Now, Barack Obama spoke at John Fetterman's campaign rally on Saturday to a half-empty crowd versus the Trump rally, which was full. Uh, and, and, and he said, you know, hey, 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 if you want to stop the progress, if you want to stop what we're doing, you know, that's what you're going to do. Uh, you know what? Enough with this. We got a guy who's been in office for 50 years. Is the same problems that existed in 1973 exist now. They exist now. Infrastructure, Social Security, uh, Medicare. Medicaid, the health system, uh, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the Democrat Party has had their chance. Uh, nothing good is going to happen. There's no more effort needed. They've thrown everything at the wall to see if it will work in two years, and it's failed completely. So I believe that if you like the way things are now, then you should vote what I call, instead of straight ticket, straight jacket Democrat, straight ticket Republican. Do you suppose most people blame the man in the White House for the current state, and do most people think that things will get better if that man is no longer in power? Well, we actually know this factually based on our polling. We know that the vast majority, almost three-quarters of Americans, I think it's 71% now, say that the country is headed in the wrong direction. We know that issue by issue on energy, on education, on health care, on uh, the economy, on all of these things, the American people have lost faith in Joe Biden, and they have more faith in the Republican Party. Now, I want to say I'm not that thrilled with the Republican no. Party, and I'm not that hopeful that they're going to do great things. But as far as stemming the tide and stopping the immediate bleeding, yeah, I think the Republican Party will be better at that. Uh, Mark, can you hold on a second? I've got a few more questions I want to ask sure. you. And I, I, the, as the possibility of a convention of states uh, appears to possibly be on the horizon, what do you suppose and what would you hope that that convention would do to the country? I want to ask you that question next. So let's take a break. Mark Meckler, Convention of States, on the phone. This is an Election Day edition of The Rob Carson Show. 
bulldoze the swamp, pave it over, and start again. It's the Rob Carson Show. Mark Meckler, Convention of States, on the phone with us. I was talking about the SS Bitanic. Uh, the SS Bitanic, the first part of the ship, the front part, the front half of the ship is underwater and is going to break off, I think, uh, in this election. And then tomorrow, you will have the tail end of the Bitanic still still uh, uh, floating, but uh, will sink and collapse on itself. But that ain't going to be until January. Mark, what do you suppose Democrats could do before January uh, while they're still in charge of both houses? Look, I mean, there's a lot more desperate things they could do. They can pass more spending. They can uh, empower the agencies even more to do more stuff. They can have the FBI targeting us, the DOJ targeting us, the IRS targeting us. All of these things can be demanded by the administration, by Congress before January. So, and they're going to be increasingly desperate. So I'd watch out for that. Uh, Let's talk about Mitch McConnell in the position of leadership. I know that uh, Josh Hawley said he will not vote for Mitch McConnell. I contend that Mitch McConnell only exists for Mitch McConnell. He doesn't care about his constituents. He doesn't care about the Republican Party or for that matter, the country. He is a a true Washington, D.C. insider. What's the possibility with these new senators coming into into the Senate uh, voting him out of leadership? Well, look, normally I would say McConnell is 100% shoe-in for leadership. He's got a pretty strong hand on leadership there in the Senate, even if we don't like his leadership. But there's an open war that's broken out between he and Rick Scott. You know, McConnell originally said that he didn't think the Senate could be won by Republicans because we chose bad candidates. That's throwing a hand grenade into your foxhole. It's a bad idea. You should never say that as a leader. He did that, and then he pulled money from the General Balduck race that we we're talking earlier about in uh up in the northeast he pulled five million dollars from that wow. and that was immediately refunded by rick scott putting him in direct opposition so <laughs> i think there's a chance for a leadership fight i haven't heard rick scott say it openly but i think he ought to i think there ought to be a challenge balduck says he wouldn't vote for mcconnell Good. so i think there's a movement inside the party and and one last important thing yeah. we ought to demand this as grassroots activists yes that vote is normally by the way held in private we never get to know which of our senators vote for mcconnell and which don't yes we need to know that we ought to demand that that vote's public yeah. because we ought to know what our senators do yeah and i think that's the uh, that's the feeling of, of republicans we are cautiously uh, voting for republicans uh but we want them to be held accountable Finally, uh, Convention of States, you're saying that you think 33-ish governors uh, going Republican. Uh, What about the possibility of Convention of State, and what would you hope and and express to the people in the audience uh, would come out of that? Well, I would say more importantly are the state legislatures. Remember, we don't need a governor's signature. Yeah, that's true. The the governor's races kind of show us where things are headed. Got it. Importantly, here's what I think is going to happen. We have 31 states with both houses controlled by Republicans. We need 34 states to call a convention. So we're at 31 with both houses. We've only passed in 19 states, so just want to put that on the side. Gotcha. But 31 states, both houses controlled by Republicans. Minnesota's going to flip. Our team's working real hard up there. I know they're going to make it happen. That would be 32. I actually think that Maine has a good chance of flipping as well. That's a wow. legislature that goes back and forth. And they have Paul LePage running for governor. Looks like he's going to win. Very conservative guy. going to have coattails. So I think that flips. That's 33. And then kind of the wild card outlier is Nevada. And Nevada could potentially flip if it's a serious wave. Yeah. I think they may flip at least one house, but could be both. That would take us to 34. If we have 33 or 34 states lined up, Republican, ready to go, I think there's a good chance that we could start running the table and we could get to 34 states pretty What do you want to see come out of the Convention of States? Give me 45 seconds. Yeah, real quick, I want to see a balanced budget amendment. I want to see uh, 
tax and spending caps tied to that. Yes, I want to see term limits for Congress, but mm-hmm. I think as or more important term limits for staffers and bureaucrats. And then finally, I want to see the scope and jurisdiction of the federal government limited. I want to get rid of the Department of Education, Energy, Health and Human Services, EPA, and a whole host of other DHS, agencies. DHS, yep. and I want FBI blown up and reinvented or just fade into the into the uh, rearview mirror of history. Mark, i got to go. Uh, Mark Meckler, Convention of States. Real quick, uh, tell me where you're on social media. Conventionofstates.com, markmeckler.com, and you can find me on Twitter at Mark Meckler. All right, second break. It's the Rob Carson Show. They called us deplorables. They shut down our country. They say our thoughts are disinformation. is our response the rob carson show last hour of the rob carson show and if you get the chance if you are going to be watching election coverage tonight i would encourage you to listen to or watch i should say newsmax tv newsmax is where i do my weekly uh comedy and commentary show called rob carson's what in the world if you need any uh, listings whatsoever, just go to NewsmaxTV.com and check them out. I think you're really going to enjoy the coverage tonight, uh, unlike, uh, I don't know, a leather large uh, supposedly conservative network did in 2020. Uh, you will, uh, you'll get fair coverage tonight of all of the races with some of the biggest names in politics and punditry. Uh, just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. And, of course, uh, Dick Morris is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Dick Morris is funny because I I first, and, and maybe you, uh, was, uh, you know, uh, I got to know Dick Morris when he worked with the Clinton administration and, uh, and, and have always respected Dick Morris's decision making with regard to politics. He's always been spot on. And uh, now he is uh, working with Newsmax, and uh, and I think you're going to uh, get a lot of our out of our conversation at the bottom of the hour. He'll have some insights that uh, most don't, because Dick has played both sides of the political equation. He has an understanding of both sides, the thought process of the Democrat Party, although the Democrat Party has gone a little bat guano crazy lately. That's why I'm saying this election, I came up this this morning as I went and I voted before the show, uh, you can either vote straight ticket Republican or a straight jacket Democrat. Oh, did you know there's a red moon tonight? Here's Jim Gossett as Bill Clinton. I see a red moon arising. I fear there's an omen in that moon. Provided they don't steal it. I see big trouble for Joe Biden. His reign of error could end soon. Maybe it's a message that red moon shining bright. And we'll lose big election night. Blood red moon. A red wave, it could sweep the nation. And we'll lose the House and Senate, too. Thanks to gas prices and inflation. Oh, yeah, there's that. I forgot about that. No. Pelosi and Schumer could be through. Been to the grocery store lately? Yeah. That red moon in the sky, it could be a sign. Democrats are in decline. This will damage Joe. Hillary might run again, and one.
much more she will not win. <laughs> uh, I saw Carrie Lake. Uh, she texted, or no, I didn't text. Uh, I wish. I'd love it if Ter- Carrie Lake would text me. Hi, Rob. How you doing? Just thinking about you. Hi, Carrie. You're just so awesome. Now, she, uh, she uh, tweeted this morning, I'm getting flooded with calls and text messages from people who are having trouble voting all over Maricopa County. Uh, the UK Daily Mail says midterms uh, voting already seeing problems that could delay results with 20% of machines malfunctioning in Arizona's largest county. Voting, voters scrambling to fix ballots in Pennsylvania and systems going down in New Jersey. You had one job. You had one job. And I got to tell you, my patients are uh, ungodly thin, and I think that the American people's uh, patients are just, we're done with the nonsense. We're done with the chicanery. We're done with this presidency and this Democrat party and this administration and this deep state. I think we can all be thankful. The only thing to be thankful for Joe Biden being in the White House and Democrats being in charge is so many things have been laid bare, like their real intentions with regard to the direction of the country and the destruction of the country, to be quite honest. And look where we are now. Do you like where we are now? Because if you vote Democrat in this election, I'm being, I'm not just meaning to be a part, I'm just looking at evidence. If you vote Democrat, you are either voting for exactly where we are or worse. Because voting Democrat isn't going to be, hey, they're working on it, man. The the things are going to be better. It's just their plan. No, it's not. If you vote Democrat, you are voting for the state of the country as is now, which is hell on earth, with an open border, with a 40-year high inflation. Oh, and by the way, President of the United States, uh, he said over uh, a speech over the weekend, he said that uh, he was going to get rid of coal companies. He was going to stop drilling the whole deal, which means that uh, all of the things that I said about the price of gas... And uh, the draining of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to try to lower artificially the price of gas. His commitment to destroying fossil fuels is still there. Make no bones about it. He plans on putting the pedal to the metal on electric vehicle nonsense, the new Green Deal agenda, and the price of gas going through the ceiling. It is going to happen if Joe Biden and the Democrats stay in charge. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Let me see if I can find this real quick here. Yeah, here, here, is, here is Joe Biden this weekend at the Fetterman rally in coal country, in natural gas country, uh, exposing himself and his policies. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have put it that way. So it's going to become a wind generation. And all they're doing is going to save them a hell of a lot of money and using the same transmission line that transmitted the coal-fired electric on. We're going to be shutting these plants down all across. The- uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Now, that would uh, a little bit more truth than the, uh, the Biden administration wanted America, America to know. Because if they can get gas to $9, $10 a gallon, they will do it. Joe Biden went over to Saudi, uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, had in hand no reason to beg them for oil other than he's made us energy dependent again. It's so absurd. On the face of it, why are we energy dependent? He goes over, he begs them. They say, okay, sure, Uncle Joe, whatever. Uh, don't, he says, don't cut production before the election. I don't care what happens after the election. This has all been verified. It's been verified by them. Just don't cut production before the election. Keep it artificially low. Only twice as much as it was when I became the president. 
Then after the election, all bets are off. You can do whatever you want. That's what he did, guys. That's what he said. That's what he thinks about you. That's what he thinks about inflation. That's what he thinks about the cost of fuel. And by the way, we're going to hit a diesel brick wall in a month. And then all bets are off as far as the economy is concerned. And you think you're suffering now? (laughs) This is Corinne Jean-Pierre trying to correct the uh, president's accidental exposure of the truth. So we just wanted to be, uh, you're talking about the... the so we just wanted to be very clear. Um, uh, whenever they say that they're going to be very clear, they are the opposite. Uh, on that, uh, which is why we uh, put out a statement. It seemed like there was uh, uh, some confusion. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. No, you made it very clear. On that. And so, uh, but. Wait, this, this is all. All she said right now is uh, uh, verbal nonsense uh, to delay her answer while she tries to come up with something. That's what she's done so far, the last 30 seconds. If you've heard what she just said, she said nothing. So, you know, I want to say this. It was, some of you were there. It was... Uh, See, it- she's still going. She hasn't said anything. She, oh, so you know, and let me be clear, and what has she said? Can you imagine sitting in a conversation with somebody like that? So, uh, what do you think about dinner tonight? Well, let me be clear. Uh, I do like uh, food. Um, to some degree, uh, we like to try all sorts of different kinds of food. And I know there's been some questions about that food. Uh, I haven't said anything. It was loud and, and hard uh, to hear. Excuse I me, what? think, or maybe not uh, exactly what. Is she still doing it? She's filibustering. Uh, what, uh, what was being said, but I... <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, my God. Currently don't want to get into punditry from here. And, and think she's still doing it. Why we did it or do it uh, or, you know, paid or do it, did it on TV. But I spoke to. to I think this might be the answer. Finally, I think I could be wrong. This over the weekend, the president words we believe were twisted. Um, and uh, we were very clear about that. And anyone who. Well, I did, hold on. The president's words were twisted. Hold on a second. Let me find the president's words here real quick. Uh, hold on. I want to find the president's words here. Here's the president's. Here's the president's words with regard to Colt. Hold on one second. Oh, here it is. Here it is. You're going to save them a hell of a lot of money and using the same transmission line. That trans- Start again. Here we go. So it's going to become a wind generation. And all they're doing is they're going to save them a hell of a lot of money and using the same transmission line that transmitted the coal-fired electric on. We're going to be shutting these plants down all across America. I don't think that's a misinterpretation, uh, you know. Right? Right? Oh, you don't believe me? Here's what uh, Joe Biden and his uh, cabinet members said about, uh, about uh, fossil fuels uh, a year ago. What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that is That's so- Jennifer Granholm. She's cute as a bug's ear and dumb as a box of rocks. Hilarious. Have a transition from the oil industry, yes. The rise in gas prices over the long term makes it an even stronger case for doubling down our investment and our focus on clean energy options. It should motivate us to accelerate the transition to clean energy. We're working through an energy transition. And the reality is we have to take some time to get off of oil. They don't care about your suffering. They don't care. The president acted like he did while he was draining our strategic petroleum reserve. And by the way, while you were suffering... He sold a billion dollars to, or a million barrels to our enemy China. He sold a million barrels from our strategic petroleum reserve to China. 
What do you think is going to happen tomorrow if Democrats remain in power? Do you think gas prices are going to go down? Do you think those uh, those vehicles in your driveway are suddenly going to run on uh, on uh, uh, electric energy? Not one little bit. Things are going to become so cost prohibitive you can't even live anymore. That's the plan. That's why you've got a choice. Vote straight ticket Republican or straight jacket Democrat. Now, coming up on the other side, uh, Kathy Hochul continues to deny that crime is an issue. And then the three biggest fears that Democrats have right now, black men, white women, and Hispanics, your calls as well, 800-922-6680. This is an election day, thank God, edition of the Rob Carson Show. We the people are mad as hell. It's the Rob Carson Show. They made a huge mistake. Okay, they closed our businesses, they shut our churches down, they defunded the police, they burned our cities. Well, I mean, you name it, they've done it. When they started going after our babies, that was the biggest mistake they ever made. The most dangerous place in all of nature is between a mama bear and her baby cub, and the left is right there, and we're going to rip them to shreds. (laughs) On November 8th. On November 8th, they are going down. That is Carrie Lake uh, running for governor of the state of, uh, of Arizona and really has been the template, I think, as far as uh, giving Democrats or the media what fur uh, and also just is a brilliant candidate, uh, a no-nonsense candidate who has really, I believe, provided a blueprint for those who are uh, confronted by the mainstream media and how to deal with them. Uh, she just has never taken any of their nonsense. And whereas uh, so many might have either avoided the press or uh, been beaten by the press, she's not done that. And, uh, and I think she's going to be the next governor of the uh, state of, uh, of Arizona. This is a report on NBC uh, because um, a lot of it, and this is kind of interesting, um, I had mentioned earlier that Donald Trump did something miraculous to the Republican Party. And I've been paying, to politics, paying attention to politics for a long time. Uh, Ronald Reagan changed the face of the Republican Party. The Republican Party was this effete, very country club, blue blood party for decades. Ronald Reagan changed that a great deal. You know who else really changed the Republican Party? Are you ready for this? Rush Limbaugh. I would venture to say that Rush Limbaugh changed the Republican Party more than anyone possibly could and made the Republican Party more responsible to its constituents, although there are still people in the Republican Party that uh, fly in the face of that, Mitch McConnell. To some degree, Kevin McCarthy, and boy, you better get your act together, sir. That's all I got to say. But Donald Trump fundamentally changed the party to the party of the working class, to the party of the people who uh, have to work two or three jobs, to the party that are concerned about defense and a strong border. And they also, oddly enough, as lily white as the Republican Party has been forever, are changing that demographic too. This is NBC talking about the record number of black Republicans, uh, people who are voting Republican, who are people of color. We need black excellence everywhere. Republican, Democrat, independent. A key Democratic voting bloc 
black people may be turning to the Republican Party. Because at least we're in the room to at least add some color, if you will. I met Wesley Hunt at a Trump rally in Robstown, Texas. He's a Republican running for the state's U.S. House District 38 seat, one of a record 178 black Republican candidates running for office in 2022. Oh, they clearly are a bunch of racists, you know, voting Republican, those racist black people. Black Republicans are not new, but Howard University's Dr. Kanisha Grant says today motivators for black voters are shifting. And so whereas people would think about race first in the past, they now think about something like the economy first, or they might think about education first. Or, or about uh, crime. How about crime? You want the ultimate metaphor for how out of touch the Democrat Party is? Look at the crime statistics. 80% of black people are concerned about crime in America. Why? Because the inner cities are hell on earth for black children and black people. I've been saying this for 30 stinking years. When you've got a murder rate 13 times the national average, when the Democrat Party in Baltimore is resorting to paying uh, kids with squeegees to uh, stop cars at intersections because the schools have failed them so profoundly, when you've got a black abortion rate, when you've got more black babies aborted than born in cities like Atlanta, and I could go on and on and on. I mean, how much lower can you go? You can't. And maybe this is a bellwether to a party that I would venture to say that has been corrupt since the day it was founded. Tell me when the, the Democrat Party has really been on the side of America and particularly people of color. Party of slavery. Party of Jim Crow. Party of the Great Society. Party of abortion. Party of Planned Parenthood and Margaret Sanger. Maybe finally... Dear God in heaven, maybe finally we're seeing some light at the end of the tunnel so we can finally stop another generation from going through the same thing. Because in places like Baltimore, you might as well tell a kid in elementary school who happens to be a black kid, you'll be lucky to make it to your 20th birthday. That's unacceptable. Let's go to Alex in Baltimore. Alex, welcome to the show. You voted this morning. What's again, Ms. Hasdard Week? Hello? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Hi, I just wanted to share something with you. Um, when I voted today, we had read about checking the Wi-Fi connections uh, with the supposed statement of the, these voting machines are not connected to Wi-Fi. So when we got out of the car, we checked on settings for Wi-Fi, and we had a number for Wi-Fi uh, right outside the building. When we went inside, as we entered the room with all the voting machines, we checked for Wi-Fi again, and it was a different Wi-Fi number. So... I don't know what you call that, but uh, <laughs> something ain't right in Clarksville. Well, we're not supposed to be able to have uh, Wi-Fi access to voting machines, Alex. But we all know that, uh, you know, some things have happened in the past. I hope that they won't be as audacious to try this, uh, try it this time in, in this midterm election. Because, Alex, I think that if that does happen, uh, all bets are off in this country. 
Uh, I think we're going to see yeah. some things that are happening in Brazil. Uh, and I think that uh, it would involve the American people saying, okay, if you want to play that way, you want to take away my vote from me, you want to cheapen my, uh, my uh, citizenship here, then I will not be a means of taxation and I will not be a means of production. And uh, we're done. Alex, thanks for the call, man. We'll check it out. I greatly appreciate your, uh, your commentary. Uh, coming up, Dick Morris. He's played both sides of the political field. He is uh, pretty amazing. And uh, he says that Trump is not only going to win, uh, well, Trump's going to win the 2024, and the Republicans are going to sweep a lot of Democrats out today. That's on the way. Don't go anywhere. It's a Rob Carson show. first year in office summed up in three words. Welcome back, Carter. That's not right. It's not fair to us. And honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's the Rob Carson Show. Dick Morris is a political pundit, uh, a strategist, a man with a lot of uh, experience under his belt. All has written this book called The Return. It is a bestseller, and he is also a contributor on uh, Newsmax Television. Also, uh, I've gotten to know Dick in the last year. I uh, I would like to possibly consider him a friend. It would be an honor. Uh, and he joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Hello, sir. How are you today? Yeah, I'd love to be a friend for two reasons. One is I like you, and the other is you're horrible to your enemies. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Excellent. Hey, you know what? If that's what it takes, then we're buddies, man. We are totally buddies. All right, so, Dick, in your book, The Return, you pretended a lot of the pro, uh, portended a lot of the things that uh, are happening right now, the possibility of a massive uh, uh, overturning of the Democratic agenda midterm and Donald Trump becoming the president in 2024. A lot of things have happened since the last time we spoke. Has anything changed with regard to your prediction of what's going to happen today and in 2024? No. Uh, one thing I'm very happy about is every single thing I said in that book has so yes. far come, come true. Yes. Um, I said that, the, that Trump would field candidates in all of the uh, seats that, uh, in which, which there are Democrats who are running, and uh, that he would be challenged in those candidacies by establishment rhino Republicans, that he would primary them all. I said he'd win them all. And then I said those guys would, and women would go on to win the general elections. And so far, they're likely to do that. So I'm very, very happy. Yeah, I, I am as well. Um, Donald Trump did what Ronald Reagan couldn't, and nothing against uh, Ronald Reagan. I, I thought he was a terrific president. Yeah. But Donald Trump did more to change the makeup of the Republican Party than Ronald Reagan ever dreamed of. We like to think that Ronald Reagan made the country less of a, a blue-blood country club Republicans, but if that were the case, then, then Liz Cheney and uh, Mitch McConnell would still be, not be a part of the Republican Party. Donald Trump made us the party of the working class. Donald Trump made us and will make us the party that black people go to 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 uh, escape the the Democrat plantation. Uh, the Republican Party is becoming the republic the, the party of of uh, Hispanics because Hispanics and and most people are God country family. That flies in the face of everything that the Democrat Party is facing now. Uh, uh, let me hear your thoughts about what Donald Trump has done to the Republican Party and what we can see this election. Yeah, you're completely right in everything you've just said, and a lot of it's profound. Uh, the last time a president tried to change a party, that is really go in and primary the members and try to oust them and replace them with his guys, was, and the only other time a president has tried that 
1938 when Franklin Roosevelt did it on the heels of his victory in 36, massive re-election. He said, wow, this is my chance to get rid of everybody who I don't like. And he fielded candidates against them in the primaries, and he lost almost every one. And that makes the accomplishment of Trump this year, not as a president, but as a former president, incredibly astonishing and puts it into perspective. And that's the only other time anyone's ever dared to do that. And uh, not, he took a year in which two-thirds of the seats that were up would be Republican, which means it's a year Republicans probably lose. And he switched it to a year when Republicans take over power. Yeah. And in the course of it, he replaced a whole lot of candidates who were rhinos and party establishment types, primaried them, threw them out by beating them in primaries, wow. and then put his own people up there. And by his own people, he not only reached out to people who liked him and were loyal to him, he reached out to people who were accomplished in other walks of life, like Herschel Walker, like J.D. Yes. Vance, yes. like uh, Dr. Oz. People who weren't politicians, but were famous authors, athletes, lawyers, um, doctors, all kinds of stuff. And he totally remade the Republican Party. And it's an amazing tribute that he was able to do that. Now, Dick, uh, I was uh, writing for Rush Limbaugh. You were working with the Clinton administration in 1994 when uh, Bill Clinton uh, presided over the loss of Congress for the first time in 40 years by the Democrats. Bill Clinton pivoted. I would assume you were, in fact, I know you were very involved in that pivot. Uh, do you see the Democrat Party pivoting if they get curb stopped today? Well, I don't see Biden pivoting no. uh, because uh, he can't. He can barely walk, let alone pivot. <laughs> yes, but yes, I yes. think that. <laughs> but, but I think that. But I think that uh, that he, if Biden announces he won't run again, which is what yeah. I think he'll do, yeah. uh, that there will be a candidate named Hillary Clinton who will come out and say, "Vote for me in the primary for the nomination in '24." Yeah. And I'll do what my husband did in 94, yeah. uh, that is, pivot. And yeah. uh, he'll be opposed by people who say, we don't want to pivot. We want to go further out in the way we did, like Bernie Sanders and maybe even AOC herself will run, uh, Gavin Newsom. And that will be the Democratic primary. And the fulcrum of that primary will be, well, who, who do we blame for 22? Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, uh, yeah, I, I guess I would blame the people who are in charge right now, which would be Barack Obama uh, and his acolytes. Would you would you say that? Yeah, this is the failure of Obama's third term. Yeah, yeah, it's it the is. the end of his third term, and it's the failure of his third term. That's a great way to look at it. I, I'm going to use that tonight on TV on Newsmax. Oh, here, here I got another. I got another one for you, Dick. Here's this: yeah. when it comes when it comes to this midterm, you can either vote straight ticket Republican or straight jacket Democrat. How's that? Yeah, that's good. But, but the insight that this is the end of Obama's third term, uh, I think, is is very profound. I, I really appreciate that. Thanks. Well, Nick, you know, I've said that this um, uh, that this election and uh, and and Joe Biden making it into office after what I considered a questionable 2020 was the class of 1968's uh, death throes, the dream of a Marxist socialist utopia yep. that started in uh, in the uh, the foyer of uh, of uh, of uh, Bernadine Dorn and Bill Ayers' uh, yep. home when when Barack. 
Barack Obama became the chosen one. I yeah. think that they're throwing everything they can at the wall, and they're dying like movie vampires uh, at this yeah. point. Uh, and they're, they're lashing out, trying to grab everybody and drag them into hell with them. I think that's completely true. Uh, I think that the important thing about this election, and really the experience of the last four years, six years, is that unlike most years when the Republicans and the Democrats compromise with each other, which means they water each other down and you end up with a mush that's neither Democrat nor Republican. This, in four years, six years ago, the Democrats stood firm and said no to all of Trump's tax cuts and economic programs. And the Republicans stood firm and said yes, and they passed every one of them without watering them down, without changing. Then, after the election of 2020, the Democrats stood firm and insisted on all of them passing, except for some of the totally crazy ones, and the Republicans stood firm against them. So we finally had a national experience where we can test pure Democrats against pure Republicans and see what worked and what didn't. And the verdict is overwhelming that the Republican economic policies worked and the Democrats failed, the Republican law and order policies work. The Republican immigration policies work. The Republican foreign policy, defense policy, all of them work. And the Democrats were total failures. And what's significant about this is nobody can come on and say, well, we didn't really have a fair test because, you know, we had a tax cut, but you watered it down. Or we had a policy on foreign affairs, but you blocked it. And therefore, it's not really our fault. It's our combined fault. They can't do that now. They're stuck with what they got, and the Republicans are able to take credit for what they did. Dick, have you ever seen anything like uh, Donald Trump uh, when, uh, you know, he uh, lost, and I put that in parentheses, the 2020 election, and he is still able to get 25,000 people at every one of his rallies, even in little uh, places uh, in Pennsylvania, in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Uh, The the Trump supporters are not letting him fade into the rearview mirror of history. I know why that is. Why do you think that people are still so passionate about Donald Trump uh, in a position of power in the Republican Party and as the President of the United States? Well, I think the first is because of everything he accomplished. Um, He did everything he said he was going to do and he made it work. So I think that's the big reason. I think the second reason is his personal magnetism. And the third is that anything that anyone didn't like about Donald Trump becomes almost inconsequential when you look at Joe Biden. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's exactly true. Uh, let me ask you about predictions for tonight. Um, that's you know everybody's got an opinion about it. Uh, where do you suppose how many how many seats do you suppose are going to be picked up in the Senate then House? The Senate, I think, we're going to end up with between fifty four and fifty six seats. Wow! Um, wow! That will uh, definitely get control. And uh, we'll definitely protect all 50 of our seats, including ours winning. And what then, do you? Uh, oh, go ahead. And then we'll definitely, in my view, win Nevada, New Hampshire, uh, Arizona, and um, and um, Georgia. Okay. I think okay. Walker will win without a runoff. And if he Love does it. have a runoff, it'll be a, a largely white electorate, and he'll walk in. Yeah. And then I think we have an outside shot at Colorado, Washington State, wow. and Connecticut. Uh, that's, a, that's a long shot. Yeah. 
Let me ask you about governorships. Um, what do you suppose, uh, you know, Carrie Lake, it sounds like she's going to do this. Do you yeah. suppose that that will mean uh, also um, uh, that she will have uh, coattails? Yeah, I think it'll help Masters win. Okay. But uh, I think that in terms of other governorships, I think Zeldin is going to win. Wow. And I think Dixon in Michigan is going to win Zeldin in New York. Uh, and those will be dramatic changes. Also an important change will be in Wisconsin. I think we'll yes. take that governorship over with Michaels out, throwing out Evers. And what do you... I think, that, I think that we will pick up governorships in Nevada and uh, maybe in Oregon and uh, maybe in New Mexico. So well. you don't you don't think that uh, you don't think Mastriano has a chance in Pennsylvania? Because uh, I, I... He has a, he what has do you a think? Chance. It's going to be close. It could go either Good. way. Good. I uh, hope he does. Moment, I I see him as less likely than Zeldin than the other. All right. Well, we now, will uh, we will have- see. And you're going to be all over uh, today. Uh, Newsmax, of course, has great coverage um, that I, I think this has got to be exciting for you, Nick. This is I, I think this is the most consequential midterm since 1994 uh, for a different party. What do you think? Yes, it is. Uh, the uh, midterm of 2010, when the Republicans took the House over Obamacare, was important, oh, yeah. but it didn't include a real win in the Senate. And it was over a single issue. Uh, I think that uh, the Democrat takeover of the House in 06 and 08 was significant because of the war in Iraq. But when the war ended, the raison for the coup really went with it. So I think this is not only important, I think it's enduring. And I want to give you one last thought. Yes, sir. Uh, The class of 2024, the folks that will be up during the presidential year, are two-thirds Democrats and only one-third Republican, the exact opposite of this year. And the Democrats include plenty of guys that have no way to get reelected, including Manchin. And uh, I think that if we end up with 55 or 56 seats this year, Trump will have a 60-vote majority in 24 when he takes over as president. Wow. And then we can get back to the founding principles of the country and get rid of all the uh, nonsense dream of the class of 1968. Dick, I know you've got a great uh, long day ahead of you, uh, and, and I'm excited for you. Can't wait to watch you today. Um, best of luck, and let's if we can get the chance, maybe tomorrow, maybe later in the week, catch well, up on, on the results. Let me, let me just say I'm, I love this interview because I, you really had insights that I thought were terrific particularly the end of the Obama third term and the idea that this is the resolution of the Bill Ayers living room wish list of 68. Yes. Well, it's um, it's a matter of common sense, life experience, and research. It doesn't take a rocket science, uh, Dick. You know as well as I do. There's a lot to be said for a common sense and life experience, and I think we both have those things going for us. God bless you, brother. Have a glorious day. Thanks for being on the show Thank today. You. All right, very good. That is Dick Morris, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, if you want to get a copy of his book, The Return, just go to thereturn911.com, thereturn911.com. Get signed up for the Newsmax newsletter. Get a free book. It's awesome. And he's right on, baby. He is right on. And uh, God willing, uh, the, he, the predictions that he has said today will, uh, will come true tomorrow. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Say it loud and proud. Let's go, Brandon. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. I voted this morning, and uh, I did straight ticket Republican, not straight jacket Democrat. And I noticed this morning, and it, it and it hits me every once in a while when your mom uh, or one of your parents uh, pass. It hits you 
every once in a while that their perspective is going to be missed. And, you know, I'll catch myself on a Sunday, I want to tell mom about whatever, you know. And I will miss not being able to call my mom and get her thoughts on this midterm election today. There's another person that we're going to be missing from this midterm. The greatest talk radio host in the history of the world, who I had the opportunity to write for you for, for over 20 years of my life. And here is something that just showed up on my phone this morning on Instagram. It's Rush Limbaugh in the last year of his life talking about uh, never giving up. We are not sunk yet. We will never surrender. We will never give up. Never, never, never. It's not who we are. It's not what we do. We never give up. We never do. Maybe that's why so many people are still showing up for Trump rallies, right? Maybe there's a little bit of that going on. Because we'll never stop believing in this country as founded. And I hope and pray with all of my being that the American people put it into this, these abuses and usurpations. We are the greatest engine of individual and economic freedom in the history of mankind. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. There isn't. If you just look at our history and you look at where the world was and where the world is, from buggies and outhouses to sending William Shatner into space. That's America. The greatest voice of freedom in the history of mankind, the only country in the world that has done so much to free people and feed people. And we are a force for good, and we're done with the bad-mouthing. A lighter note. I'm only gonna, I can only play this one more time. And that is the Nancy Pelosi Speaker of the House theme song. Leave you with a There's smile on your face. There's more for the Bacchus to term they use by investing in food stamps than in any tax cuts. Nazi's not well, she's not all there. Close down a shop just to do her hair. She's done! Before she speaks, she doesn't think. Thanks to Botox, she cannot blink. <laughs> Seldom do you see Hills. any honesty. Never a gal of bad intent who's content to be. Sing it with me. Speaker of the house with the frozen face. Tearing up Trump's speech was a real disgrace. Never makes much sense. Just like Sleepy Joe used her position to rake in the dough. Glad to do a friend a favor. Insider trading proves that Nancy has her prize. This is Jim Gossett, by the way. Yeah. Speaker of the House. Come on. Crazy as a loon. Hope that she'll lose the gavel soon. Bye-bye. A sentence she can't form. A thought she can't complete. In November, she must go down to defeat. She cannot remain the Speaker. Underneath the giant dome. Nancy has to go. Let's send her and Joe to a home. Sing it with me. Come on. Speaker of but not for very long All of her policies, they're dead wrong Spectre of the house, how clueless can she be? She may be even dumber than AOC yes. And uh, that word of the word. I have a feeling she'll be getting hammered tonight. What? What? Isn't it a beautiful word? We'll come back to wrap things up on the Rob Carson Show in just a moment. 
That's going to do it for the show, guys. God bless you, your family. Uh, God bless America. And pray and hope for the best. And no shenanigans tonight with Democrats. If they try it, uh, there will be hell to pay. Uh, Have a glorious day. We'll see you tomorrow. And in the meantime, don't catch the stupid. See you then.